What's going on, everybody, and welcome back for week nine of the NFL season with Hit the Books podcast. We're looking forward to sharing our picks and trends with you this week, and let's get going with, with introducing Tyler Huffnagel, our first member of the podcast. What's going on, everyone? Let's get back to it. Week nine, got a lot to talk about. Uh, I'm excited to get back. Let's go. And next, we have Michael Mackey. What's going on, boys? Coming off a good week, trying to keep things going. Let's get after it. Yeah, big week last week on the card. Uh, we want to talk results. Team card three and one. Uh, I personally went four and two. Jesse two and two, and Mackie two and two. But was able to rec- recover on Sunday Night Football with his uh, double unit on the Cowboys after that crazy line shift and the opposite favor going to plus three, and he still hits his minus one and a half. It was a big hit. Yeah, you know, I let it ride with all the line changes, but. At the end, you know, coming out on top, seven and zero against the spread now. So, yeah, keep riding Dallas. The original spread too. They were originally what you got them at. What, what was it? Minus one and a half, or was the original one minus one? Minus one and a half. Yeah, and then they moved to like minus. They're plus three. Yeah, they went to three because I was thinking about taking three, but I just ended up not even touching that game. But that was a good hit. Yeah, I didn't until I didn't anticipate uh, Dak not playing, but still worked out. Can't complain. All right, let's get into this week. All right, and for the first game on Thursday, we have the New York Jets at the Indianapolis Colts. We have the Colts currently favorited at minus 10.5, money line at minus 560, and the over-under at 46.5. Jets look good last week. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, Bengals also, Bengals also looked like uh, they weren't the, there, but, like, the Jets were keeping up with them on offense. Like, it was just an absolute shootout between Joe Burrow and a quarterback that no one expected and Mike White for the Jets throwing 405 yards. So it's like, I mean, if this guy can do that again, I like his chances on Thursday Night Football in prime time against the Colts. Yeah, it's a big spread there. Uh, Primetime game. Jets coming off a nice win. They have, they have a lot of momentum going right now. Cold season's kind of falling apart. I mean, they're so, they're another one of those wins. teams that's so banged up. Yeah, they're not they're not really playing for much anymore. The Titans taking off in that division. Um, this could be a good game. I think the Colts come out on top, but give me Jets plus ten, ten and a half, whatever yeah, it is. Ten and a half. That's kind of what I'm thinking as well. I think I'm also liking this over forty six and a half. The total's gone over in four of the last five New York Jets games, as well as four out of the last five Indianapolis Colts games. So maybe play a little over on Thursday Night Football. Maybe I can go 2-0 and on the over-under game. Yeah, sprinkle a little on the trend. I'm thinking about it. I did it last week, and it paid off. I didn't like that over 48 that you had until the Texans started scoring. I, when it was like 30... 31 nothing Rams. I was I didn't think you were going to get it. I thought the Rams were going to win that. I thought they were going to win like 42 to 3 and you were literally going to lose by 3 points. I was like and then when the Texans got that touchdown, I knew you were hitting that. So they that, ended up scoring what? 22? It was 38 nothing and I was like, "Damn, they're not going to put up any points at all." But then they put up like three touchdowns in that fourth quarter. Yeah, they ended up the Texans ended that game with 22 points. Dude, they almost covered spread. Yeah, they did cover the spread. No, I don't think they did. I think they were off by like two points, but like. I thought it was 16. I saw them. Fan, I think FanDuel's spread was 16 and a half because they lost by 16. Well, I remember seeing something like that. It was 38 22. 
Yeah, I was like, the, whenever I saw that number sitting at whatever it was, the end of like the third quarter, halfway through the fourth, I was like, there is no way they are covering that or hitting that over. And yeah, 38-22. And according to the score app, the closing odds were LA Rams minus 16 and a half, and they covered by half. Oh my God, they covered. The over-under moved to like 46 and a half, right? It was 46 and a half, yeah. That's right. So you hit your over still, still, still hit my over. Still covered. And that was minus one oh five. So technically it wasn't the favorite pick whenever you took it, but so it was showing signs that it was gonna drop. But I like the <clears throat> over in any of those Rams games. That offense can put put up points at will with I mean, Cooper Cup showing that he can score two touchdowns any week. Thank you, gentlemen, and that's a good segue into our next game, the First, Sunday 1 p.m. game, Houston Texans at the Miami Dolphins. We have the Dolphins favorited at minus 6.5, the money line at minus 290, and the over-under at a solid 46. Houston is 8-1 straight up in its last nine games when playing Miami. So I think we could see a possible cover by the Texans here, but I don't know if I see them winning. I like giving the Texans of points here. I'm not... Both of these teams are one and seven. Um, I know Dolphins are at home, but they got two a back. Uh, I just think that the Texans are able to keep this thing close. Uh, these are two kind of, like I said, one and seven teams. So I don't expect too much out of this game. Uh, if anything, I like the under forty six. I don't t- have too much faith in either of these offenses to put up like right around twenty three points. So I like the under and maybe give the Texans the points. Yeah, it's just two bad teams going at it. I mean. Six and a half points is pretty high for two one and seven teams. Yeah. Especially Dolphins are obviously proving that they can't hang with anybody. Yeah, um six and a half is a lot. I'd say Texans plus six and a half is good here. Yeah, it's just when there's when there's two teams that are this bad, I just I, I feel more comfortable giving the points than you know what I mean, having to have the bad team that's also one and seven win by seven. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't think the te- I mean, obviously they're not good, but I don't think the Texans are. They're not one the and worst seven team bad. in the league. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't think they're the worst team in the league. So they could definitely do something here. Yeah, they're not one and seven bad, but I mean, they're also not like you know what I mean. Like you said, they're not. No one's expecting anything of them. But yeah, I'm not expecting anything out of they're them. They're covering games, as we were saying earlier in the year. They were covering games, so and they just covered last week against the Rams. A back to absolute backdoor cover as you can get. It's how it goes. But let's go right into this next one. Denver Broncos at the Dallas Cowboys. We have the Cowboys favorited at minus 9.5, the money line at minus 4.30, and the over-under at 49.5. Denver is 5-0 and straight up in its last five games when playing Dallas. I feel like that's a longer time trend there. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't even know. Uh... Interconference game, yeah. This is this go that they there. That's that goes back a couple years, but um, this one right here, I like. I'll give Dallas the nine and a half. They've been covering, they've been a cover machine. What are they seven and zero against the spread, whatever? Um, yeah, I like them to win this game at home. Sunday one o'clock game at home. Uh, I think they could win this game by twenty one points. You know, just absolutely route the Broncos. But um, yeah, I like the I like Cowboys minus nine and a half here a lot. Yeah, if Dak is healthy, this could be a bloodbath. I mean, yeah, that's the big if. That's the big if. But this could be a field day for him. You know, five hundred yards, three touchdowns, four touchdowns. 
Um, I don't know. Dallas has shown that they're obviously one of the best teams in the league. They can get wins without their star quarterback. So give me Dallas minus nine and a half. Follow, follow the trend. I think I'm also liking that Cowboys minus nine and a half. I don't know. Nine and a half is just so high. A tough number to play with. But I think it's doable. All right, and next 1 o'clock game, we have the Minnesota Vikings at the Baltimore Ravens. We have the Ravens favorited at minus 5.5, the money line at minus 225, excuse me, 235, and the over-under at 49.5. The total has gone over in five of Minnesota's last six games when playing Baltimore. Baltimore is 6-1 and one straight up in its last seven games at home, and 5-1 and one straight up in its last six games. I like the Ravens here at home. I think the their offense gets everything going with a week of rest off the bye week. Um, I just think Minnesota has been kind of a very inconsistent team all year, as we've been saying. And on the road, only getting five and a half points. I don't have much faith in the in their offense to do much here in Baltimore uh, on a Sunday. So give me Ravens minus five and a half. And uh, if I'm playing the total, I'll go over on that. I think the the these offenses are going to be able to score i could see the ravens putting up 30 some points in this game so yeah give me the ravens minus five and a half yeah ravens got a really nice team this year i like them coming out on top here Vikings coming off a brutal loss to a backup quarterback uh they're not they don't really have much momentum going they're on the road against a good ravens team at home give me the ravens Biggest thing coming off the bye, that that bye week, getting everyone rested up, especially a team like the Ravens that run all the time and run like 80% of their plays. I mean, that that's that's a big week coming off the bye week. coming, to, And then you get to play at home, so. Yeah, you don't think Harborough is ready for that? Yeah, I'll give them five and a half. Five and a half is a good number. I like five and a half. Give me the Ravens. And next, we have the New England Patriots at the Carolina Panthers. We got the Patriots favorited at minus four, money line at minus 194, and the over-under at a solid 41. Carolina is 5-0 and against the spread in its last five games when playing New England. And the total has gone under in nine of Carolina's last 11 games. And I particularly don't like that trend. I don't like that 41 over-under. Feels kind of low. I'd go over on it. For sure, for that reason. But, I mean, I also don't have too much faith in the Panthers' offense to score a lot. So, with that being said, I like the Patriots on the road here. Minus four sitting at minus 106. So, if this drops to minus three and a half, this is definitely a play. I like the Patriots a lot at four. So, if it's going to go in our favor, I definitely like it even more. So, uh, yeah, I definitely like Patriots here on the road. I mean, Patriots been winning games. Mac Jones has looked good. Obviously, you got Bill Belichick. Four points. I mean, I could see Patriots kicking a field goal in the last minute and winning this game by three. I don't know. I like Patriots to win this game. Panthers haven't been winning games. Sam, Dar- Sam Darnold's look awful. That defense has looked bad as the season's progressed. Yeah, give me Pat's money line. I wouldn't touch the three or the four four points. Panthers coming off a win coming into this game. Yeah, it's a shitty Falcons. Yeah, they're one and four in their last, or yeah, last five. 
And next, we have the Buffalo Bills at the Jacksonville Jaguars. We got the Bills favorited at minus 14.5. The money line at minus 1,100. And the over-under at 48.5. Buffalo is 5-1 and one straight up in its last six games. So I definitely see a Bills win here. Do you guys like the 14.5? I do not. I actually like Jacksonville plus 14. Just because in betting there's a rule, and if, if you have a home dog of over 10 points, you never bet against it. And even though Jacksonville's obviously awful this year and Buffalo's proved they're a top team in the league, you can't go against a home dog of 14 or 10 plus points, and it's at 14. So, yeah, Bill, Bills win this game, Jacksonville backdoor covers. Yeah, it's just tough. I, I don't like putting my money on teams like this, but. I see what you're saying. Um, I just don't have too much faith in Jacksonville. Uh, I don't even know if they're going to score a point in this game. So uh, I don't know. I, for if it was thirteen and a half, I'd say Bills. But that fourteen, this this is like prime tease. Uh, It'll probably move perfect up. Perfect tease game. Drop it a little bit. Yeah, I'll probably if I were to take something, I guess I'd probably do like twelve and a half. But I mean, saying that if it, they went by thirteen, Jacksonville covers fourteen and a half. So. Um, just whatever floats your boat, but I don't know. I just don't like – I don't have too much faith in the Jaguars this year. I'd just stay away from a 14-point spread anyway. Can't disagree with that. 14-and-a-half, that's just super high. How do you – they might win it by 14, by 15, but you, I wouldn't put my money there. And next, we have the Battle of Ohio, the Cleveland Browns at the Cincinnati Bengals. One o'clock showdown with the Bengals favored at minus two and a half. Money line at minus 138 and the over-under at 47. The total has gone over in six out of Cleveland's last seven games when playing Cincinnati. And the total has gone over in five out of the last five games when Cincinnati's played at home against Cleveland. Yeah, I love the over here. 46 and a half, it's not even a too high over. I mean, Browns put up points. And Bengals seem to be doing the same thing this year with that Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow duo. I, I, I mean, I did like Browns plus two and a half, but now I actually like the over a lot better. I just think with how banged up the Browns are, I can't really be putting my money on them. Uh, if I were taking a bet here, I'd probably go Brown- or Bengals money line, just win this game outright. Yeah, I think that's fair. Bengals money line doesn't look too bad, but I don't have to agree. I like that over, Mackie. 47 here. Oh, we just had a change. Bengals money line is now minus 148. 142, 142. excuse me. I still like the over. Over 47 here on FanDuel. Yeah, I still like it. Lock it in. Lock it in. Next, we have the Atlanta Falcons at the New Orleans Saints. We have the Saints favorited at minus 6. The money line at minus 260 and the over-under at 42.5. New Orleans is 6-1 and one against the spread in their last seven games when playing Atlanta. I don't know. This is just a tough game here. Divisional matchup, NFC South. Uh, Falcons 
are a bad team. Saints are injured now with Jameis probably out for the year with the, I believe it was ACL or MCL, maybe both that he tore. It was both. Yeah, last week on Sunday. Um, That's brutal too, by the way. Yeah, That's tough awful. loss. He's he's on a contract year, I believe. So, I mean, he just always, he has a lot to prove and kind of, he was reviving his career with the Saints and you hope uh, nothing but the best for that guy. But Saints... At home here, they've shown they haven't been able to do too much on offense. They've been putting a lot of the workload on Kamara. Um, I don't know. Six is a tough spread here. If it was like four, I would like it a lot more with the Saints, but I just also hate betting on the Falcons, so I don't know. Here, what do you what are you thinking? I just truly have no idea here. Well, I, I actually like Falcons. What are they, plus six? Yeah, I have six. I just I I just can't put in my head that I'm betting on the Falcons, but I'm leaning towards Falcons plus six. That seems like too many points in this divisional matchup. Yeah, it's such a team you don't bet on, but Jameis being out, Falcons really haven't looked awful this year. I mean, they're three and four. They're Matt Ryan's having a decent year. Um, yeah, five and a half. I'll I'll take it. I I might even sprinkle a little on the money line here. Injured quarterback. Who, who's even starting for them this this week? Taysom Hill. Oh my god! Oh my god! I don't even know what to think of him. He like but, wins games though. Yeah, but does he? Yeah, I don't know. Falcons plus five and a half. Lock it in. We got six, so if he likes that even more, I bet. Falcons plus six. Lock it in. Very, very nice. Next, we have the Las Vegas Raiders at. The New York Giants. We have the Raiders favorited at minus three, money line at minus one fifty six, and the over under at forty six. Las Vegas is four and one straight up in its last five games on the road, as well as Las Vegas is six and two straight up in its last eight games. What happened? I think I like Raiders minus three here. Raiders, another on? team whose season is just going in shambles, losing the head coach, and now yeah. Henry Ruggs has just got released this morning, I believe it was, after fatally uh, getting in a DUI, getting charged with DUI, causing death, uh, killing a girl and her dog, I believe, and him and the girl he was with are in the hospital, or whatever. Uh, his career's over. He's facing like twenty some years in jail. Uh, not much going for the Raiders this year, but. They've been they've been doing all right on the football field that side of things, but um, this game I don't know Giants at home plus three weird spread. Um, I don't know this is a tough game. I think I like the Giants giving them the points here, but it really depends on if Josh or yeah if Jacobs is going to be playing in this game. He's been questionable all year. I think he's expected to play, so that could be a big if in this game. But uh, I think when it goes to two and a half, it's looking like it's going to go to two and a half. So I think. Uh, that two and a half will be nice. Yeah, this is a tough game because Giants are a sneaky team, and the Raiders—you never know what's going to happen with them. But uh, Raiders are five and two. They've been finding ways to get game, to get wins. You know, two and one on the road. Giants are obviously not good on the home or at road on the road. So um, yeah, Raiders minus three and a half. I like. I'll take it. Alrighty, and moving forward to our first four o'clock game on Sunday, we have the Los Angeles Chargers at the Philadelphia Eagles. We got a pretty small spread of one and a half here in the Chargers' favor. Money line at minus one twenty-six, and the over/under at fifty. 
The total has gone over in four out of the last Chargers five the last five games the Chargers have played against Philadelphia. The Chargers are also four and one against the spread in their last five games on the road. Yeah, everything's pointing. Yeah, I like the Chargers. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say everything's pointing to the Chargers here. Eagles coming off of they, I think they scored all their points after the season last week in Detroit. <laughs> um, I love the Chargers minus one and a half here. I think this spread's really small. It kind of scares me, but I love it. Uh, give me, give me Chargers minus one and a half. Yeah, I mean, not much to say here. I don't. The Eagles aren't a very good team. This could be a trap game, but whatever. I'll fall into the trap. Yeah, like I like I always I say, think- I'd rather be in it than watch it on the sidelines. So. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, watch easy money slip from your yeah. hands. But uh, Chargers could win this game by forty points, like the Eagles did last week in Detroit. Yeah, Justin Herbert's going to put up a field day. Coming off a tough week, it's awful. Eagles defense give it give me Chargers minus two. With that being said, let's move forward to the four thirty game: the Green Bay Packers at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs have moved to minus seven and a half. It has been moving a little bit throughout the day, starting at, what was it, one? It was minus one, and then this morning uh, Aaron Rodgers tested positive for COVID, and he's ruled out for this game. So with that being said, it's going to Chiefs minus seven and a half, sitting at minus 115, and the money line at minus 375 now. Um, Just wishing I would have jumped on that Chiefs at minus one. If we would have done this podcast yesterday, we would have – been sitting here talking at minus one, but uh, we're going to talk a more accurate line here. So, um, yeah, well, you probably wouldn't have taken Chiefs minus one if Aaron Rodgers. No, I probably in. exactly. I probably would have had Packers. So it's, it's tough to say. So it's Jordan Love first start. Uh, I don't know going into Kansas City. It's a tough place to play. I know the Chiefs aren't a good team this year necessarily, but Arrowhead's always going to be a tough place to play. Um, I don't know. Seven and a half's tough, and it's just going to keep going up. So, I don't know. What are you thinking here? I don't know. I mean, a backup quarterback we've never seen before. Chiefs look awful, though. I mean, did you see them last week against the Giants? I wasn't watching that game fully. I was watching, like, parts of it. But it was, the parts I did watch, I just kept watching uh, Chris Jones go off sides and – the uh, the Chiefs get offensive holding calls. I just I feel like they get called. I feel like they get fifteen pe- or penalties a game. I mean, they're home against one of the worst teams in the league, and they win by three, and only because of penalties. It's and they they do it to themselves sometimes. It's like like I was saying, like they'll have a third and five, and Chris Jones will go off sides, and boom, first down. Like you need to get off the field there. You know what I mean? Like you have the best, you yeah, have one like of the best scored. quarterbacks in the NFL. You need to get. Off the field, get him on the field, get the ball in your hands. You're play- like you said, you're playing the Giants at home. You should be winning that game by ten to seventeen points in the final score. At least, at least, with a five hundred million dollar quarterback, yeah. yeah, you probably should win that game by seventeen points. Now this game, I don't know. I the Chiefs just haven't been covering. It's hard to take them here, but like you said, just. The- just- Rookie quarterback, I, I would avoid game. this game. This was going to be the game of the week. This is what the NFL intended to be the game of the week, but um, it's not what we're going to get with Aaron Rodgers out. But still could be something to watch, see what Jordan Love ends up doing. But I don't know. I really don't know. I don't like these points at all. Seven and a half points is a tough spread, especially with no Aaron Rodgers. You don't know what to expect from the Packers. We'll have to see what happens. 
Sunday, 430. Yeah, if Aaron Rodgers was playing this game, I 100% would have taken the Packers. I agree. Yeah, definitely Packers money line. All righty, and next we have the Arizona Cardinals at the San Francisco 49ers. We have the Cardinals favorited at minus one, the money line at minus 116, and the over-under at 45 and a half. Arizona is 7-1 straight up in its last eight games. They're also 5-1 against the spread in their last six games. It's another tough one. Uh, Kyler Murray's questionable coming into this game off that uh, sprained ankle. I think they expect him to play, but it's like kind of like how he's feeling, game time decision type idea. Uh, could if you want to take a gamble on this one, I like the Cardinals if you get them in minus one, uh, even though he's questionable. Like, I mean, there's a chance. Like I said, you can get him at minus one, and there's a chance he plays. So, if the, if he, if we go into Sunday at 4:26 p.m. and the Cardinals confirm that he's playing. This this spread's going to dr- go to probably Cardinals minus two and a half, I could see, even though they're on the road. Yeah, I, yeah, I can see it moving even more, honestly. Uh, the thing is, how do you even make a spread like this if you don't know if a starting quarterback's playing? Like, Yeah. It, just, it, doesn't make, it doesn't make sense to me. But, yeah, I mean, Cardinals minus one of the steal if Kyler's playing. If he's not playing, dude, I wouldn't. The Cardinals are so I mean, banged you know, up right now, too. Cardinals are another one of those teams that are getting all banged up. J.J. Watts out for the year. I mean, that's a given. It happens every year, but uh, he was a big part of their defense this year. Now Kyler's out questionable. Um, but they've been getting it done. They have all those guys at the skill positions. Uh, A.J. Green just forgot his route last week. Or what was it? Yeah, that was last week on Thursday. Yeah, it was last Thursday. Um, I, I still think they're a good team with him in the lineup. He's had the 10 days rest coming off the Thursday game into Sunday. Um, I think, like you said, if Cardinals, if he plays minus one's free money, so uh, it's up to you if you want to take the gamble on that and take it right now and take your chance on him playing the game or not. But uh, I'd probably wait and see what he's doing. Yeah, definitely. It's worth the it's worth the line movement to see if Kyler's playing. Yeah, if he's playing hundred percent, taking the Cardinals might put it on my card, even though he's not playing yet. See what happens because I think I like it. Alrighty, and now the Sunday primetime game the Tennessee Titans at the Los Angeles Rams. We have the Rams favorited at minus seven and a half, the money line at minus 360, and the over under at 53 and a half. Tennessee is six and one against the spread in their last seven games, and the Rams are seven and one straight up in their last eight. This is another one of those games that was supposed to be such a good Sunday night game. Titans at Rams. Uh, Derrick Henry going down. He's going to be out at least three to four weeks. Um, with that being said, the Titans defense is bad. I just think the Rams can score more than win this game by more than eight and a half or by more than eight. And I know the Sunday night trends is going to kill me to go against it, but I probably won't pick this. But I think the Rams win this game, but uh, probably by like ten to fourteen points. Especially with Derrick Henry out, I just don't have too much faith in the Titans. AJ Brown questionable. Um, Titans are uh, there's a lot of banged up teams right now, and the Rams can just score points. So I think seven and a half is a little. I'm surprised this isn't nine and a half with the fact that Derrick Henry's not playing. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I I think the Rams are overrated. Honestly, I think if you're a team in LA, 
you automatically get like an extra three to four point spread just because you're in LA. Just because I, I, I don't really think this should be a seven and a half point spread. I disagree with what you were saying. I mean, Derrick Henry's out, obviously, is the biggest part of that team, but it's not like they can't move the ball without him. They still have Julio Jones. They still he have could be out. He's questionable. They're, both of those receivers are questionable. Yeah, but chances are that they're going to they're gonna play. And then Ryan Tannehill's not a bad quarterback. He can move the ball down the field. He can get points by himself. Yeah, that defense is just brutal. I know, yeah. I mean, I mean, play my card. I'll go with the trend. Give me Titans plus seven and a half. I want to see something. I'm reading his injury update. No, that was for last week. Okay, yeah, there's no update on Julio Jones. He's just still questionable. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like the Rams here. I uh, probably won't take it, but I like Rams. Yeah, I won't. Ta- I probably won't take it either, but... All right, with that being said, we have the Monday primetime game, the Chicago Bears at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers favored it at minus 6.5, the money line at 270 in the over-under at a 40 solid number. The total has gone under in six of Chicago's last seven games. The total's also gone under in five of Pittsburgh's last seven games. And Pittsburgh is 13-5 and five straight up in its last 18 games at home. So playing pretty strong at home. I think I like Steelers minus six and a half here. Yeah, there's not many cases where the Steelers lose this game, I don't think. It's just a game where they walk in, get the job done, and walk out. Uh, six points, a little high. In Heinz Field, yeah, I like the Steelers plus, minus six. I don't think the Bears put up any points in that defense. Yeah, I think I'm kind of leaning towards that. I think the defense has a big night, Monday Night Football. Um, I think I could see us winning this game right around like 20 to like, I think the under's going to hit. I'm going to say 20 to 10, like something like that. That'd be accurate. I'm excited for this game. I hope the Steelers come out and really just give it to the Bears. Six and a half, I think they can take that and work with that. I like it. I think I'm going to have that in my individual card. Nice. Love it. All right. All righty. And now it's time to give out the picks from the boys here at Hit the Books. We're going to start off with the team card. The team card this week will consist of Chargers minus one and a half and Browns Bengals over 47. Huff, would you like to read your card? Yeah, I'm going to be rocking with the Ravens minus six at home and Bengals minus two and a half against the Cleveland Browns. I'm liking the picks. Mackie, take it away. Yeah, I went a little heavy this week. I got the Falcons plus six. I got the Titans plus seven. I got the Raiders minus three on the road against the Titans. And then I did the Cardinals spread, whatever they're at, if Kyle Murray is playing. Then I did a little parlay, a little 0.2 unit parlay. The Texans money line plus two thirty five and Titans money line plus two ninety brings it to plus uh a thousand two hundred and six twenty dollars to pay out two hundred and forty one dollars. I'm liking it. That parlay is very interesting. I'm excited to see what happens there. Yeah, threw a little twenty dollars on it, point two hits. And for myself, I have Jets plus ten and a half against the Colts. I have the Jets Colts over forty six, as well as the Steelers minus six and a half. 
I'm really excited for this week. I think we're all going to come out strong. What are you guys thinking? Yeah, and stay tuned to the Instagram. I'm going to be adding a couple picks, probably player props, just like I did last week and stuff. Just that kind of stuff's not out when we record, so it's kind of hard for me to make my card on a Wednesday. But um, when I get those odds out, I'll be definitely be updating the card and stuff, so stay tuned for that. Yeah, it looks like a bunch of winners. Excited to, for the week. All right, halfway through the season now, going into week nine. Let's check in on some of these uh, season awards odds for like MVP and the Offensive Rookie of the Year, stuff like that. We'll start out uh, with the NFL MVP odds. Right now we're looking at Josh Allen sitting at the favorite at plus 250. Uh, going into this season, he was plus 1,200 with Mahomes at the favorite at 500. Uh, we all know what's happening with Mahomes. He's dropped now since to plus 4,000. Um the top three is going to be Josh Allen at plus 250, Tom Brady at 500, and Matt Stafford at plus 600. And Kyler Murray and Stafford are tied, actually, at plus 600. So um, I still think I like Josh Allen to bring it home, but especially with this injury to Kyler Murray right now, if he misses this week, that could be big. Um, Tom Brady silently just having a good year, doing what he always does. Um, but I don't really think – anyone's going to put up the kind of numbers that Josh Allen's capable of putting up. And that's what they kind of look at for the MVP. So I think that's why he's the betting favorite. And that's who I'd put my money on. That's who I said preseason. That's who I like right now. So I'm going to stick with my guns. Yeah. I mean, Josh Allen has it in the bag. He'd have to really fumble it to lose this year. Um, Kyler Murray getting hurt. Dak Prescott getting hurt, taking out two components. Tom Brady having a really quiet but effective year, obviously, but his numbers have been out of control this year. I I think he's being a little overlooked, but Josh Allen's definitely got it. Yeah, they the love they love to give the MVP to the young, like up and coming player, get his name out there. They got to get him an MVP while he's still like in his younger years. You know what I mean? So they'd they'd have to lose some games that they were really supposed to win for him to not exactly win rookie of the year or MVP. win MVP. My yeah. bad. But now leading into Offensive Rookie of the Year, uh, going into this season, I like Najee. I think he was like plus 950 or 1,000. Uh, right now he's plus 1,100. That's not the odds. That's not the way you want to see your odds going uh, halfway through the year. The favorite right now is Jamar Chase at minus 160 with the crazy year that he's been having, him and Joe Burrow. Um, second place, we got Mac Jones at plus 380, and then Najee's plus 1,100 at the third place spot. So... Uh, I think, yeah, Jamar Chase has this one in the bag. I think barring any crazy injury or um, just starting to drop every ball that comes his way, uh, I think he has this one already in the bag at minus 160. Yeah, I love Najee, but this is a two-man race. Uh, Jamar, I mean, Jamar, you got to remember he's not a quarterback. Mac Jones is in in every single play of every single snap. Jamar Chase is only in the play if Joe Burrow gives him the ball. Yeah. So – I mean, you can say Jamar Chase has it in the bag, but it's not really his to lose, I would say. I could, I think Mac Jones could still control his own destiny. If, yeah, I mean, the Patriots keep win. winning games. Yeah, I can see, I see what you're saying. Yeah, just him being a quarterback just gives him a lot more opportunity to, to be a better player. So I think Jamar Chase wins it, but I wouldn't rule out Mac Jones. You never know how the second half of the season could go. Yeah. And then defensive rookie of the year, um, Micah Parsons is going to be the favorite at plus 110. I'm surprised he's not minus odds yet. He's been having a good year. Uh, Jason Alway plus 700 and Aziz Ojolari at plus 1,000. Um, my 
one of my favorites for the defensive rookie of the year going into this year was uh, Patrick Sertan for the Broncos. Uh, after that, after that hot start, they've just cooled off, and I think that's kind of why his odds are slipping. I think he's been having a decent year, but their defense and stuff, they just lost Vaughn Miller. It's just going downhill in Denver. So um, I think Michael Parsons is going to get this one. Denver's Denver's definitely on the on the route to tanking right now, but Patrick Sertan has had a great year so far. He's definitely been the highlight of that team. I, I, I loved him coming out of Bama too, so I, I knew he would be good. Yeah, he's having a great year. That's yeah, that's literally what that was my logic picking him when I said defensive rookie of the year. That's why I liked him. But usually, like I, I also remember saying this usually with the defensive rookie of the year, the favorite going into the year usually ends up winning it, and that's looking like what's going to happen here. Yeah, I like Michael Parsons here. He's having a dog of a year. Dallas is winning, so you figure he'll get it. Especially a team that needed a defensive player to like come in and step up. I mean, they didn't know they were going to lose Jalen Smith, but. I mean, he's filled that role in perfectly, and that's exactly what they were looking for. But yeah, yeah, dude, that defense has clearly gotten a shit ton better. So yeah, maybe that's what they needed. Was that they also got Diggs back? So that yeah, that was good. And then I mean, leading right into that defensive player of the year, uh, top three guys: Miles Garrett plus three hundred. It's going to be a lot closer race than a lot of the other ones. Uh, T.J. Watt plus four hundred, and Trayvon Diggs plus five hundred. And then you can never count out Aaron Donald sitting down there plus eight hundred. Um, looking at this one, I I don't think there's too much value in Miles Garrett at plus three hundred. I know the Browns are, or he's always going to do what he can do on, like uh, last week against the Steelers, we had a fourth round left left tackle. I mean, Garrett was involved in the plays, but I think he had a sack maybe sack and a half. But if you tell me going into that game that Miles Garrett's coming into the game dressed as a Grim Reaper with every quarterback's name on a cape that he's ever sacked, and he's only going to get one sack on a statue, Ben Roethlisberger, on a rookie left <laughs> tackle. Like, come on. you, you got to have a bigger day than that, especially at home. Um, I don't know. I just I think, I think this is kind of between T.J. Watt and Trayvon Diggs. If Diggs can keep up this interception rate, um, he's definitely going to be in the conversation towards the end of the year. It's just usually a lot harder for defensive backs to win this kind of award because they need those kind of stats. If if Watt and Garrett keep putting up the sacks, it's going to be hard for Diggs to keep up. Yeah, it's like the same thing as like Jamar Chase being a wide receiver and Mac Jones being a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, Trayvon, Trayvon Diggs is going to have to overperform to have a chance here. Exactly. But... He only, I mean, TJ Watt and Miles Garrett are going for the running back of the quarterback on any given play. Whereas Diggs, every single play, yeah, exactly. Diggs has to wait for them to throw him the ball. They could go the whole game without throwing to his side of the field. Yeah, and how often? I mean, he's been doing it, but you can't really keep up an interception per game. Yeah. So. And this next one, the next one, there's not even much to talk about. Comeback player of the year, Dak minus three fifty. Um, yeah, I actually had a bet on this at the beginning of the year. Yeah, that was it was minus one twenty five odds. It was. Pretty much a steal. Yeah, I was gonna say that. I think preseason he was even like plus one twenty was not even like crazy underdog at all. Um, yeah, it was ridiculous. The long shot of the season was McCaffrey was the favorite for the AP Offensive Player of the Year. I know he got hurt, but Cooper Cup sitting at the favorite at plus one thirty. The second place person is Devontae Adams at plus fourteen hundred. That's insane. So he basically has that in the bag. Wait, say that again. What? Where is Cooper, Cooper Cup is the front runner for the AP Offensive Player of the Year award at plus one thirty, and Devontae Adams is in second place at plus fourteen hundred. 
Oh my god! For Josh Allen, sixteen hundred. Yeah. Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Cooper Cup's having that good play, that good of a year. Dude, yeah, like I, he's putting up like a touchdown or two touchdowns a game with like ten catches and like a hundred yards. He's going off. Oh my! I honestly didn't even know that. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, he's he's having an absolutely insane year. Wow. He's he's like the number. Uh, he's definitely the number one fantasy player this year. I know that. Receiver, yeah. He's gone two games this season without a touchdown, but then he's also gone four games this season with two. So what is that? Five. He has ten touchdowns through eight weeks. That's insane from a from a receiver. That is absurd. I don't even want to count the yeah. yards. He has six hundred yard games, two games over one hundred and fifty, one over one hundred and thirty. Um, and even the games that he didn't go over 196, 92, 64. So, see, like he has the same MVP odds as Jamar Chase. How is that even possible? That yeah, that's what doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I don't understand like the like the Player of the Year and MVP and all that shit. I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah, I was just looking at that to make sure. Yeah. Cooper Cup plus seventy five hundred. On the MVP, it's like I don't know how they determine that. Like, who, but I mean, it's not my job. So, yeah, look, look at this coach of the year. Look at the Brandon Staley had it in the bag, but we got a new front runner here. Let's Mike talk. McCarthy, at, Mike McCarthy at plus six hundred is the front runner for coach of the year now. Who's the top three? Brandon Staley has been like plus two hundred the entire time. Now he's plus seven hundred, and Cliff Kingsbury's plus seven hundred as well. If the Cardinals keep up the pace for that, I could see I could see Kingsbury getting it because he's like a younger coach. Yeah, definitely. I think whoever one of those teams are going to end up like fifteen and two or whatever it is, fourteen and three, and, and whoever, whoever it is, is gets gonna, coach of the year. Yeah, exactly. How about the Braves winning the World Series? That team just clicked at the right moment. It, I, I going into that series, I, I mean, I wanted the as soon as the Braves got there against the Dodgers, I was just rooting for them to get the Dodgers out of the playoffs. I mean, I like Mookie and a lot of the guys on the Dodgers, but I just like seeing new teams get in and win. So, um, yeah, but I'm telling you, that Braves lineup, player for player, matches up with the Dodgers. That team was insane. Yeah, they. I mean, six Each games. Player, they did Austin it. Riley at Austin Riley, Adam Duvall, Solaire. That closer for the Braves, they, Will Smith, is that his name? He's disgustingly good. Yeah, he's filthy. Yeah. And they did it all without Acuna. Freeman showed up with five home runs. Just absolute terror of a, of a World Series. That. That's the craziest part is Ronald Acuna wasn't even playing. Yeah, a lot of, of people are acting like league. a lot of people on ESPN right now. They're like, "Oh, Freddie Freeman's the face of the franchise." Yeah, he's the face of the franchise, but. Your best player has player. been out since July. Exactly. Yeah, he's a face, but he's definitely not the best player. Just because Ronald Acuna, like, you know what I mean? It doesn't want to be in front of the cameras all the time. Like, Freddie Freeman's, like, the perfect, like, spokesperson for a team. You know what I mean? Like, captain idea. But, like, I don't know. Like, Acuna's your best player by far. And, like, everyone's yeah. acting like Freeman's nothing about Freeman's a personality guy. Yeah. But, I don't know. Congratulations to the Braves. And, um, I just got a, uh. 
Good notification here, a little hockey update. Sidney Crosby has COVID. Penguins star displaying mild symptoms as team continues to battle multiple cases. Jeez, of course. Came back from Falling apart. So, yeah, he's going to be out for a little bit. They're falling apart right now. Dumoulin also tested positive. Yeah, Pittsburgh's going through it right now. Let's talk about uh, Henry, Henry Ruggs. Dude, that was crazy. When I got that update, yeah, I woke up to that. yeah. When I got that update, it was what the the crash was yesterday morning. It was yesterday at three forty five a.m. Yeah, or three forty nine a.m. or something. Yeah, yeah. It was yesterday, the like is, real early in the morning. Report. He'll, I mean, he'll the never, he'll never play another game again. Oh, he's he's gonna go to jail. Yeah, he's gonna he's at least he's looking at like twenty five year twenty years in jail. I mean, he's the leading receiver for, or he's the leader receiver for the Raiders. Twenty-four receptions, four hundred sixty-nine yards, two touchdowns, a game winner yeah, against 20, the Steelers. Twenty-two years old, he just threw his life away. Yeah, that's insane. Act up. Probably could have probably could have called the Raiders head coach and been like, "I'm hammered. I need to ride home," and they would have sent a limo. Yeah. Whatever. Hi. Happens to the best of them. It's ridiculous. Like they act like they can't afford an Uber or something. Like, come on. Yeah, they act like they're going 120 down the freeway. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And what did he do? He he rear-ended the car, didn't he? Yeah, he hit the car in front of him. Yeah, and they spun out. That other car. Well, the other car, somebody died in it. Yeah, he probably flipped a hundred times. Yeah. I don't know how he's not getting manslaughter charges. He's just getting DUI with result in wait, what was it like DUI? DUI resulting in death. So it just basically means obviously he was charged with the DUI and the person that he it's hit. It's literally, it's literally manslaughter. Yeah. So I mean that that court that court case will be interesting to see what happens to him. I mean he's definitely never going to play another NFL game. So. Yeah. Well, at this point, hopefully he can just get his life back on track. Yeah. So that's really it, though. Um, not much else to talk about, I guess. Yeah, week nine. Let's get at it. Let's get at it. Stay tuned to the uh, Instagram. Got the gonna update the team card. We gave out our picks, but I'm gonna have a couple more coming. Some anytime touchdown scores. Uh, maybe a teaser, some parlays. We'll see what we're cooking up coming Sunday morning. Uh. But um, let's get to it. Make some money this weekend. Get back to the winning side. Just stay on the winning side as we all had a good weekend last weekend. So um, let's have a good week, boys. We'll get back to it next week. So see you next week and stay tuned to the Instagram for the picks. Yeah, boys, we're just starting to get rolling. Let's go. Stick with us here. Looking for a strong week from everyone this week. I'm excited for this week with uh, the MLB finishing up. I'm excited for the NFL and the NHL to take off. Let's keep it rolling. Good weeks last week, like Huff said. Good weeks this week. Have a good week. See you next week. And that's going to do it for us here on this episode of Hit the Books Podcast. Be sure to check us out on our various social media platforms. Instagram at hitthebooks.pod. Twitter at hitthebooks underscore pod. Website at hitthebookspod.com for all the latest on Hit the Books. And be sure to always study hard. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.